Hello! Welcome to The Phoenix Nest, the podcast where a couple of friends read some romance novels and then discuss them at great length on a microphone. I'm Jess. And I'm Kat. And today we are going to be talking about Once Ghosted, Twice Shy by Alyssa Cole. An entire 120 pages of Lakosi, and I've never been happier when reading a book. And this is kind of important for us because not only is it our shortest book so far, it's also our first lesbian romance. Queer romance. Yeah. It was very exciting. This is honestly the first time I've ever read a lesbian romance. Not necessarily a lesbian romance because Fab doesn't consider herself a full-blown like, lesbian. Right. They don't really explore that a whole lot about like her bisexuality. No, they don't. Other than mentioning that she dates both men and women. Yeah, uh, but it's more, you know, centered on Lakotsi's story. So. Yes, and it was fabulous, and I loved every second of it. Good. Even the parts that kind of hurt a little bit, where they had the discussions about what was happening with their lives. Those kind of hurt. And that, it's not just like a, a quick, fluffy, here's 120 pages of two ladies loving on each other. There was legit stuff happening. Like, there was a legit storyline in regards to Fabiola's life and what was going on in that. Mm-hmm. And surprisingly, it was in regards to immigration, which I thought was pretty solid for 120 pages. Like it, very current topic. I think. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the thing with Alyssa Cole, though. She does a really good job of making it current. Yeah, like what's happening? Definitely. So I really enjoyed it. Uh, did you have any opening thoughts? Anything you want to talk about to start with? Uh, the one thing. That I really was surprised by, not that I was expecting anything this because I've never read queer romance either, mm-hmm. but the switching between the seasons as yeah. well as between the characters didn't bother me. And I know that I had cited that as one of the things I don't like when they switch viewpoints too much. And this didn't bother me, and I don't know why. Because it was seamless. Because when- it wasn't a big, it was like, here's background story. And here's current story. Yeah. But not in a way that felt really broken. No. it was, Which is really hard to do. It wasn't jarring. I know sometimes when you read a novel and it's from dual POV, it can right. be a little bit jarring when you leave one chapter with this character and suddenly you're in, your, you're in this other character's head. And it can be upsetting sometimes. Like the author doesn't do a very well transition Right. between and it can be difficult but with this one i didn't actually even realize that it was switching point of views yeah until i was almost completely done i had like two chapters left before i was like oh <laughs> how did i not catch that yeah it's really funny is remember when we were like being writers and we were like writing a book oh my god yeah yeah <laughs> uh, we definitely did the switching point of view thing we did between our two making it was terrible. And I'm like, why would I do that? That's a thing I do. Like, well, no, I liked it in our book. But I think that was because one of us wrote one point of view and the other wrote the other. Yeah, well, we tried to do it that way. Back to what we were saying about the point of view thing. Didn't bother either of us. We were all good. Yeah. We enjoyed how the flow of Alyssa Cole's writing was just seamless for both of us, even though in different ways, it sounds like. Yeah, it was. Okay. It the way it was written was very easy to read. Yes. It didn't feel like a chore. I know sometimes when it comes to not just romance, any book really, I have a hard time getting into it. Sometimes it feels like a chore to read the book. I am reading one right now. It's an Alona Andrews 
I it's in the genre I love. It's a urban fantasy novel, right? But it feels like a chore, and I don't. It's not a bad thing. It's just that there are characters I don't give a shit about. Oh, see, that's not fun. You're not like connected to him at all. Well, it's not just that. It's like the main female character. I'm just kind of like, Ugh, why are you like this? I mean, I get it. You're a badass, but you're kind of too badass. And then the main male love interest, I'm just like, why does he even exist? But I guess he's sassy, so maybe bring him back. So sometimes it can be a chore to get through it. But this one doesn't feel like a chore. And none of Alyssa's writing has felt like a chore at all to me. It feels like something I get off of work and I'm like, I'm going to go read my book. I'm all excited. And I want to get it like done, right. not because I want to get it over with. I want to get it done because I want to see what the end was like. And I thought it was a great little segue kind of a hey we introduced this character to you Lakotsi. you don't get a lot about her so let me give you just a little tidbit of what her life is like and it's nice because it's kind of you get the past if you will the right. springtime and that is the story of how Lakotsi and fab meet mm-hmm. and that happens in a princess in theory because we go through, we have that moment where Lakosi has the kind of, well, that didn't work out. And uh, so we get to go back and see what happened with that and how it happened. And then our current is the future of A Princess in Theory when they all come back and live in the townhouse. Yes. And so you kind of get to see what's happening with that as well. I loved it. I loved it. I loved every second of it. I didn't think I was going to hate it, though. I just was really excited, I think, to read my very first queer female female romance i've read a lot of male male queer romance like why is that is that just a more popular relationship choice for people that write queer romance i think it's easy i think sometimes they have such like defined roles or perceptively perceptively defined roles yeah it's i think it's harder to write female female romance because now you've got two women and there's that stigma that us as females are stubborn and unsure of things. But they're and, difficult to write, I think. Yeah. And and I think with a female-female romance, you kind of have to separate what you think the gender role that these women need to fit into. So, like, with this book, we didn't have to worry about that because we've got Lakotsi, who is the assistant to a prince and she has amazing fashion sense like are you fucking kidding me she wears some of the most amazingly described suits ever and bow ties and bow ties suspenders. i love it i yeah. love it if i had even a s- single iota of fashion sense i would 100 percent wear suits but i don't like being stuffy and i have no fashion sense <laughs> and then we have fab who also has really good fashion sense that's kind of how lakotsi and fab get to be they like that they both dress very well mm-hmm. and they can kind of feed off of that but I think it's difficult to write two strong female characters who are in love without it being a constant power struggle exactly yeah exactly but then when you read male male romance there's always kind of that one guy who's just a little less domineering than the other. Unless you're reading some really good shit where they're both kind of like, no, fuck you. 
and they're like butting heads and then they fall in love and you're like oh my god it was perfect they hated each other they punched each other once and now they're making out i don't know i just i have read a lot of male male romance okay i've never read one so we're going to uh yeah i i figured (laughs) i i am so excited about it too because uh it's a historical it'll Mm -hmm. be a historical I think we've talked about it with Cat Sebastian. Yes. Yeah. I'm very excited. We about went it. through uh, the three that you have on your shelf last time. Yes. Yes. Yeah. For those of you don't, that don't know, there is a shelf that resides in my kitchen of all the romance books that we're going to hopefully cover for the podcast. There's a lot, though. There's a lot. And we have a lovely TBR jar with the titles of the uh, the books in it we'll pick one later in this episode so that we can figure out what we're covering for next episode uh so let's get back to lakotsi and fabiola yes what did you think of their initial meeting for how they met yes uh well i think for the for the book for the novella i think that it worked well because of their circumstances mm-hmm. having lakotsi who's only in new york for a few days and is just kind of seeing what's out there because she has time to do that. Mm-hmm. Makes sense for her to try a dating app. I personally hate dating apps. It was like Tinder. Yeah, and it was like Ew. a swipe left, swipe right thing. Ew. And I was just like, oh, just dating apps personally make me feel icky. Like, good for you if you can do that, if that's your deal. But I've not ever been able to like deal like a Tinder type thing. No. Like, I tried the online dating thing, and it was awful. I did as well. I prefer to meet people in real life, and even though that doesn't happen often, like... I can say that I have tried dating apps. We know this. Uh-huh. And I met a woman who is probably one of my best friends now. I say one of my best friends. I have a lot of best friends. <laughs> I'm just going to say it. I've got a lot of friends that I consider to be some of my absolute best friends but not all of us met you through a dating app no not all of you guys have met me through a dating app most of oddly enough most of my best friends have met me through work right um but this one particular woman i met her through a dating app uh she does not live in our hometown she lives outside of our hometown um and it's kind of a drive but we have become really good friends. Right. It didn't go anywhere romantically for the two of us but we became very good friends through it and i do want to say that I have been through a situation where I met someone on a dating app and I thought things were going well and I got ghosted. Fuck that bitch. (laughs) I think everyone at some point gets ghosted. Just, I don't know what it is, like lack of interest or just, oh, that was fine, I guess. And then you're just like, whatever. I come from a time where you tell the person, hey, like this isn't working out. This isn't working out. You were great to hang out with, but... Can you just fucking tell me you don't want to date me? Like that easy letdown, like you are absolved of responsibility now. Perfect. Now I never have to wonder what happened. But it has been a year since I've been ghosted by this chick and I'm still like, fuck her. I have to drive (laughs) by her apartment almost fairly regularly. I mean, it's up by one of my other stores. Right. It happens to be the store where we have our storage unit. Oh, God. So I drive over that direction. Or when we go to Bethany's house, Mm -hmm. I have to pass her apartment complex on the way to Bethany's house. And you're just like, why? No, right now there's a lot of construction in front of that apartment complex. So every time I pass it, I'm like, haha, hope she gets stuck in this every morning. That's what she gets, karma. 
But uh, yeah, it was nice to see that they met on a dating app. I think it was nicer to see that they were actually truly straightforward. Like it wasn't they were both there to impress someone and essentially like convince them to sleep with them. Yeah, no. Which is what Tinder is. Like Tinder is just a big fat lie. Of, I go on adventures and I'm really cool and laid back and I don't want strings attached. Really? Like, really? Like, that's a big fat lie. You don't just sit in front of your TV and watch Netflix all day while drinking PBR? Because that's what you look like. Here's my problem. When you set up a profile of any kind, I don't care if it's Facebook or Instagram or Indeed or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Your sole purpose is to put your best foot forward, your best face forward, right? So on something that would be considered, I guess, like more high stakes, the swipe left, swipe right kind of thing like Tinder, Mm -hmm. you're not only trying to impress me, you're also trying to get me to agree to either date or sleep with you within our match time. Yeah. Like that's the sole purpose. Like that's not a thing that Tinder hides. It's just that's so like strange. why it exists. And so why on earth would you think that everything on that profile is real? None of it's real. Because if it was the sole purpose is to impress someone, like who's to say that you're actually doing all this stuff? I just think it's not it's clearly not for me. It's not my cup of tea. No. I've I've been feel down very that road. wary of online dating things just through my own experiences, through observing my friends' experiences. I can't say that there are enough positive outcomes mm-hmm. to this that make it worthwhile. Yeah. Because all of my friends pretty much have tried some form of online dating, whether it's Tinder, Plenty Fisher, Cupid, whatever. Listen, I've been on so many online <laughs> datings. It's the most ridiculous. That I'm just like, I I just don't think this is a thing for, I for people it, that are looking long term. Oh, yeah. And I, th- I thought it was fun that they did it because it was going to be a short-term thing yeah they were both like oh fine no strings this is who i am i'm leaving in three days exactly yeah and it was great so they go out they go to a bar they dance things are great they decide come back to my place fab does yeah uh so they go back to fabiola's place they have sex and was it on screen sex i can't remember was it on page? No, I don't think I don't so. think it was on page. That wasn't until the end. Because well, I kept wondering how I would handle a same-sex sex scene having not read queer romance. And, and, and not being queer yourself. Right. Yeah. Not curious, not queer. Not, yeah. If you could get any straighter. <laughs> <laughs> and I know there's a spectrum. I've had that conversation and I've heard that lecture. Yes, I get it. No one is 100% one way or the other. But if yeah. you're not curious, you're not curious. Exactly. That's not like a thing that you can change with the spectrum. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. So with the timelines bouncing back and forth, our yes. current timeline is after Lakotsi has been ghosted by Fab and our past is them getting together. To be fair, though, their version of ghosting was like ghosting light. Because she was like, listen, I can't do this. It's just not going to work. Which would, I feel like, for our generation, be an acceptable, like, breakup. Yeah. Not just, like, a, I refuse. Because she did refuse to answer Mm -hmm. after that, like, little conversation. Yeah, after she had already talked to Lakotsi and said, hey, it's not going to work out. Right. So I feel like the version of ghosting in here 
was maybe more difficult because of the cultural difference. Like, yeah. Lakotsi didn't know what that was. Yeah. And so that's understandable. But ghosting, I feel, is different for, like, us. Oh, yeah. Where it's just, like, a block your phone number, never talk to you again. I got blocked on Facebook. <laughs> I got blocked via the phone. Fucking rude. I don't get What that. did I do? <laughs> it's been a year and I'm still like, what the fuck did I do? Which was nothing, but See, whatever. And then I thought I got ghosted, and then it turned out it wasn't me at all. It was the <laughs> other person. And it was just like, oh, your phone fucking doesn't work? Cool. No, I legit got ghosted. Like, Fuck I that don't, bitch. I don't know. Um, so I thought it was interesting to not only have the different time frames. Yes. But also the different emotions in the time frame. The first, when they first meet, so this is what we're going to call our past timeline. Right. They're happy. They're excited. They're, quote unquote, a little bit in love. Which is what Lakotsi claimed she was going to do. Exactly. Because to like you, I have to be a little bit in love with you, which I think is kind of sweet. It was Real so ballsy. I feel like that's kind of how I live my life. Like, to want to spend time with you, I have to, like, actually like you. Yeah. And to want to be, like, worried about your texting me and, like, stuff like that, I have to really like you. you got to be a little bit in love. Because, listen, me and a dude ghosted each other once. This did not matter. (laughs) (laughs) Clearly, I didn't have a little bit of love for him. Yeah. And that's okay. It was nice, though, because you get the happy, a little bit in love feelings. And then you come to our current timeline, where Lakosi is still reeling. She did put herself out there. She was ballsy. She did tell Fabiola, I'm a little bit in love with you. And then it ended. And she had no explanation as to why. Fab refused to give her the explanation. And you got to feel her emotions. It wasn't just a, oh, she's just sad. bitter. No, she wasn't just bitter. She was sad. And it was like bone deep sad. But there were also other things that played into this a whole lot. Like, Lakotsi was leaving, and she did leave. Mm-hmm. She had no way of knowing she's going to be moving back and living in that townhouse with Letty and uh, Lisa. And so that's on her side, right? And then she didn't contact her again. And then on Fab's side, she had this huge, difficult, awful problem with immigration and her aunt and having to suddenly become a foster parent. And for someone that you've only known for less than a week, that's a huge thing to just drop on them. Like, hey, I do really like you, but I also have this responsibility. Well, and not only that, you felt Fab's feelings through all of it as well. Because mm-hmm. at the beginning, when they first meet, she is got a full-time job. She's about to leave that full-time job to start her jewelry dream business. job. Her dream yeah. job. Which her aunt taught her. Her aunt taught her how to make the jewelry. Yeah. And... Suddenly, you know, her dreams are finally looking like they're going to become a reality. She's so excited. Mm -hmm. But she's getting these phone calls from her mom who lives in Florida and is like, you need to check on her. She keeps saying, no, it's fine. It's fine. The lawyer said, the lawyer said. Well, turns out they are from Haiti. Yeah, that's right. They're from Haiti. Mm -hmm. And uh, her Fab's aunt has been dealing with immigration forever. And they've never had a problem ever except for now yeah now there's a problem and uh, her whole life is turned upside down in a matter of hours 
where, you know, she's having fun. She's seeing an awesome chick. She's having a good time to your aunt is in jail. Your mm-hmm. baby cousin is going to come home and there's going to be no one there for her. Right. And we love you and we love her, but we don't want to uproot her life. You're in New York. Why don't you take her in? And she's a younger, you know, she's not, you know, not in her 30s or anything like that. She's kind of like mid-20s, I believe. It's kind of what I gathered. I can't tell, to be honest. I feel I like she was in her mid These people are. <laughs> I felt like she was kind of in her mid-20s. And from someone who's had their life turned upside down at a fairly young age. I was 25 when everything, you know, proverbially hit the fan, you know. Mm-hmm. I you know, lost my dad. I got divorced. I became a single parent. There was just a lot going on. It's hard. It's very difficult. So I kind of understand where Fab was coming from and saying, hey, I need to take a step back. I have a lot of responsibilities now. I have to take in my baby cousin. Yeah. And, and sometimes it's just a matter of you can't do this now because other things have to take priority. Yeah. And I feel like that's not something that is very well appreciated these no. days, especially in our generation. Our generation... It's kind of just like, well, if you want to be with me, you'd find a way to be with me. Ew, and can it's we like, stop that? Well, here's the other thing is if you do have a lot of people who are job motivated, single parents, going back to school later because they can afford it, you kind of have to accept that this person has a dream and they need they need to have that opportunity. And that they have a life outside of whatever romantic thing you have going on right just because you're not the priority right in that moment when you're talking doesn't mean you won't be a priority it means they've got stuff yeah and that stuff is none of your business yeah i still feel that fab should have given a small explanation just a things are not going well in my life right now and i need to take a step back but that could also be the fact that i'm almost in my mid-30s that's (laughs) terrifying that's the first time i've ever said that out loud and i just want someone to tell me hey life's tough right now it's not working out and it would have made sense right but i feel like over the course of 120 pages we got to see the romance begin it was a very well-rounded story for sure for how short it was yeah it was so good and it was it it was nice to see the evolution of the beginning of the romance to the demise of the romance and then to them meeting up again. Mm-hmm. And Lakotsi was very much when they met up again. I don't want this. I'm trying to get over you. You have to go. But at the same time, I still love you. I do want this. Let's see what happens. And let's talk about that love for a second because she mentioned a lot that it's been like seven months and three weeks of like torture. Yeah. And it's one of those things where, like, if you broke up with someone after a few days, sure, you're probably going to be sad. But seven months, almost eight months later, that is a very long time to be that upset. That was genuine feeling uh-huh. from the get-go on Lakotsi's part. Right. But then you think kind of Fab just moved on and it was what it was. But then you start to learn it wasn't really that but you're like surprised by that toward the middle of the book that yeah that fab never wanted to give up on it she had also had the same feelings yeah it was interesting to see the beginning and the end mm-hmm. and then again with the beginning and the end right. and it wasn't even an end it was just a beginning and the going forward yeah because this is a romance we got a happily ever after which means jessica was incredibly happy <laughs> things were great 
there was just some hurt in between. And it was hurt on both characters' ends. It yes. wasn't just Lakotsi being hurt. Because Fab was hurt, too. And she yeah. was upset. She just didn't know how to make that known. Right. So they do their thing. Fab runs Lakotsi through the city in the current timeline. You mm-hmm. know, these are all my favorite places. You know, I don't know what's on your to-do list to get over whatever you're doing. What, what you know, I bet it's this. Let's do that. Let's do this. And Lakotsi is very schedule-oriented, very detail-oriented. And so for her to basically put her to-do list in her inner pocket and just say, fuck it, let's do whatever Fab wants. I just, I, maybe this will help me get over her. It was interesting to see. And it was also nice to see them explore their past mm-hmm. and see what they could do to get over it. And Lakotsi was starting to say, I, you know, I could get over her. This might work. Maybe. And there were a couple times where I was like, Lakotsi just let her loose. Just let her loose. There's nothing you can do. Just let her go. But as it wore on, Fab kind of came out more and more with what was going on. Right. And it wasn't all at once. Hey, by the way, all my dreams were crushed. My aunt is in jail and I don't know how to fix it. Yeah. So it was little bits and pieces. And Lakotsi didn't always pry, but she pushed to say, you have to give me a reason, like some kind of reason. You can't just leave me high and dry. And I feel like that's another thing that people don't understand is that they don't have to give you a reason. No. No one is obligated to give you a reason. And I think that's really difficult. It can be. It can be very hard, especially when it's someone just says no. Yeah. That you had feelings for, that you really did like. Yeah. That moment when Fab finally tells Lakotsi and Lakotsi says, well, why didn't you say anything I can help? I work for a prince. But she didn't know that. No. Well, and I think a lot of it, too, is that Fab didn't want someone to have to do these things for her. Especially someone she's only known for three days. And how would she know? Like, if someone said to you, my aunt might be deported and she's being held in a detention center, I feel like most people would react with, oh, that's awful. Like, that's terrible. Let's go back to the hotel room and fuck now. So sorry. Yeah, it wouldn't for you. be like a genuine reaction. Because even had she told her, there was a huge chance that Lakotsi's reaction would be like, oh, is there anything I can do? Yeah. Because a normal person can't do anything. No. Like, do you want to talk about it? Yeah. Which is a legitimate thing to offer. Well, this kind means. of this kind of goes back to though that Fab didn't really know what Lakotsi did did until the very end of the book until yeah until the very end of the book yeah and i looked at the place where it says what her title is because it's a very long title it is a very long title and and it's just it's kind of impressive let's see okay so it's advisor most high to prince the viso mishosho of the solo it's like a title in a title in a job (laughs) just a lot does she have an acronym i would know she doesn't use one ever a-M-H-P-T-M-T? Can you oh. imagine her saying that and someone's like, what That's the fuck? too much. <laughs> That's just too much. It was nice to see, like I was saying, that they kind of go through all their things. And uh, they finally get to the, the end. And um, Lakotsi just tells her, I was in love with you from the beginning. And you broke my heart. And Fab explains that she had the same feelings and she was upset that it had to happen that way. And they go to Lakotsi's hotel room. 
Right. And that's where Fab has the moment of seeing what Lakotsi's life is like and how different it is to hers. And Lakotsi tells her, I live in this. I don't live for this. This isn't who I am. This is what I do. Right. And uh, then the sex scene happens. Yes. So give me some of your thoughts on being a straight female reading a queer sex scene between two women. Okay. Was Um, it uncomfortable for you? No. Surprisingly, it wasn't. I think that's because it was more sweet than raunchy. Yeah. I feel like often the raunchy sex scenes in any romance novel, Mm -hmm. to be fair, um, can be a little uncomfortable. Yeah. Because it's either too much or disappointing or the writing is weird or whatever it is. You can't tell where body parts are. Yeah. This is not a good time. I hate that. But this sex scene, I felt, was more what you would want in a sex scene mm-hmm. of, not I guess, not just between two women, but between two people who really loved each other and were reunited. And I think that's really, really important. Yeah. I can see that. And I'm glad that it wasn't something that grossed you out. Because I know some people would see that <laughs> and be like, ew, I'm not reading that. No. I refuse. But it was a very well-written sex scene. I absolutely applaud Alyssa Cole and her sex scenes in these books. I think it's really hard to find the balance between tasteful and sexual. Yeah. And I think she does it really, really well. Yeah. She she does an amazing job of keeping everything straight, too. Like, where body parts are. At no point have I read any of her sex scenes at this point and gone, wait, what? (laughs) Where's that at? Right. And it just goes to show that she knows what she's doing when it comes to this. So I applaud her for that. And as a queer woman, mm-hmm. reading my very first female female sex scene, yeah, I was so happy to say, yes, this is this is how it happens. This is what it's like as a queer woman. This is what it's like to and be with know, another woman. I feel like even in heterosex, a lot of what's there is present. But because it's more focused on the, I don't know, like the dirty parts. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say dirty, but the raunchy parts. The more sexualized parts. Yeah. Which is a weird thing to say about a sex scene. But because it's written in such a way that that's what you're focused on mm-hmm. instead of the feelings, instead of the romance, it gets confusing because yeah. then it's kind of like the porn expectation. Uh-huh. Like, this is how sex is supposed to go, but for those of us that have had sex you know that there's emotion there yeah regardless of what your gender is or what your sex is there's something going on and i think that's what makes it so fun to read in regards to Mm -hmm. Alyssa's sex scenes is that there is the emotion yeah we had it in a princess in theory we've got it now in once ghosted where we're getting emotions in our characters while they're being intimate it's a more fulfilling sex scene in in that way. Yeah. Like, it wasn't a sex scene that's written for me as a straight person, but it's a sex scene that's written for people who are more understanding, maybe, of the emotions that are involved in sex. Yeah. And I thought that was really nice. Yeah, I loved it. I thought yeah. it was tastefully done. At no point did I read it and go, um, excuse me? Yeah, I wouldn't have been able to read something and been like, no, that's wrong. I would have been like, what's happening? (laughs) No, I think she did a very good job. And I I was very happy with it. And after this sex scene, we kind of come to the conclusion of what's going to happen with these two. 
So there, there are actually two things in that very ending that I thought were really, really important. The first one is that we go for, for full circle, full circle to um, Lakota's shoes. The shoe! That was like such a sweet thing that her dad did for her by gifting her shoes and being like, look forward, go towards progress, you know, just keep moving forward kind of stuff. Yeah. And then we finally come full circle where Lakota has decided not that she's like oh my she's took me here not really but she's decided like yes i'm facing the right direction now i thought yeah. that was really a nice way to circle back to her her christmas gift that's supposed to help her like get get over yeah her like funk i guess that would be kind of um a grieving process because you lost someone that you cared so deeply about it's kind of a, a process to get over that person. So it's kind of like grieving. It was amazing. And I loved that it went full circle. I loved the gift. I loved the idea behind the gift that get rid of the old shoes, wear the new ones, point your toe forward in the right direction. It's one of those um, kind of like cultural superstition type things. Yeah. That I think are really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There yeah. are some that I don't understand very much. Like I don't understand the... Uh, if someone sweeps your feet, you'll never be married. I don't understand that. I have never heard that. Uh, that's a Mexican one. How have I never heard that? I don't know. I never heard it either until we talked about superstitions in my class one day. And when my student said that, I was like, what are you talking about? Like, that's that's what they say. If someone sweeps your feet, you're not going to be married. And I was like, what? I immediately need someone to take a broom and sweep my feet ASAP. I wonder if it works on yourself or if someone... I like will sweep the shit out of my feet okay. right now. I know. Okay, so the <laughs> second thing... <laughs> I know, so random. So the second thing that was like a personal thing for me at the end of this story is there's a line... Um, let's see. There's a line here that I highlighted because if I were expecting to have like a more traditional wedding in my future, not that I'm engaged or dating or whatever right now. We're very single, thank you. Uh, yeah, but if a traditional wedding was something that I felt like I wanted or needed or whatever, because I always say that it's not, there's a line in here that I would so steal from this book for my vows. I love that. I know, and it's, um, here I'll read it. It says, Let's both of us see where this love leads, and when we are afraid, because we will inevitably be afraid again, let's run to each other instead of away. Oh, isn't that cute? That's a really good that's line. That's so nice. That is. That's so sweet. That made me gag a little bit when you read it. Okay, but <laughs> but this is why you have me here because this is exactly the shit that I would say to somebody. Oh yeah, 100%. like a hundred percent. I've read re- I've read your text. <laughs> I'm very well aware of what I'm you would not say. Upset about it, <laughs> but yeah, I'm I'm that person. It was very very beautifully written. Yes, and it was easily one of my favorites. Right, and I'm so happy that we chose to read it. AKA, I chose to read it. And made you guys read it. Yeah, <laughs> a little different than uh, we chose. Yeah, yeah, but it was it was very good. It was very good. And the end of it, you know, they come together and um, Lakotsi helps Fab's aunt deal with the immigration thing. And they're going to move. And then she in comes together. back. And she comes all good. And Fab and Lakotsi are going to move in together into the penthouse. And it's really sweet and really fun. And the very end is an impending proposal. Yes. Which <gasps> is probably the best happy ending, if not a wedding ending. Yeah. 
to know that the intention is there. It's very, very Jim in the office. You watch the office? I don't watch the office. Okay. So I know some of the memes. (laughs) So just just real quick, like a quick explanation. Jim and Pam are like in love, but they're like, no, we're best friends, whatever. And then when they finally start dating, there's like a scene where he's like showing an engagement ring. He's like, yep, bought it the first week I started dating her. And you're just like, oh my God. It's one of those moments. Yeah, because it was, you know, you they did have that part where um, they weren't together for very long before right. all of this was going on. And how, you know, she, I mean, them telling each other that they were in love with each other from the get-go. Which is crazy. Yeah, no, I'm not in love with anyone from the get-go. I'm oh, still trying see? to figure myself out. See, no, I'm usually like, oh my god, this person is amazing. And then, this is where we differ. This is why we do this podcast together. You being the hopeless romantic and me being the person who's going, I fall fast and I fall hard and it's often painful. And I'm always confused about everything. (laughs) Where I'm just like, wait, what? I'm just like, why is no one else like in love with this? (laughs) And me going over there saying, I don't like it. Or the longevity. Good God. Why? Why do I have to like a person for so long? It's hard. It's very confusing. Emotions are difficult. I just try to go with the flow and then I have anxiety <laughs> and it doesn't matter. So. so now that we've completed it, yes. out of five stars, what do you rate once ghosted, twice shy? Oh, God. I always hate this because I feel like my ratings are so high. But I feel, considering that it's our first queer romance, mm-hmm. it's a shorter novella, mm-hmm. but a very well-rounded, well-written story mm-hmm. with details that I feel are personally relatable. Even though I am neither a lesbian nor on Tinder, mm-hmm. I still give it a five. You give it a five? Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. I gave it a 4.5. <gasps> no. It was what? a 4.5. Was it too romantic for you? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Me, the, the one who's going, yeah, yeah. romance. Um, I gave it a 4.5, I think, mostly because I wanted a little bit more. Like more depth of characters or more... I wanted more novel. <laughs> Oh, well, you chose this knowing it was short. I know, I know. Um, I, I, there were a lot of parts that I loved. Okay. And there were a couple parts that I didn't. And I think the parts that I didn't love, and it was. Was it the beanbag incense, weird music, meditation room? No. Because I would 100% be down for that. I would totally take an anxiety nap in one of those places. Yeah, I would do it. Now, it was more. That for me, because I am kind of cynical in regards to romance, if okay. I were Lacozzi, I 100% would have saw Fab and been like, get the fuck away from me. I wouldn't have let her string me along. And I felt like at times Lacozzi kind of let her string her along. Okay. And that was upsetting to me. Okay, I can see where you're coming from there. Especially because if you're someone who um, is like, this is what I'm about, this is what I'm here for. Another person's like, no, yeah, why don't you come and have lunch with me? It's like, wait. If that girl that ghosted me, if I ever ran into her in a store, yeah. just know okay. that I would give her one big giant bird and a walk the other way. I don't want to see her. Gotcha. And, and you're also not in love with her. No, I wasn't. So that'd be a little bit different. Yeah, but... There were there were parts of it where I was just like, okay, I get that they were in love, that Lakotsi did have these feelings for her, mm-hmm. but cut her loose, hon. Cut her loose. Well, and I think she tried. Like, yeah. That's why she was doing this list, and that's why she was trying to get back out there. And, and then Fabiola had to show up in a fucking subway train, being like, yo, bitch, what's up? 
I, I don't know about you, but I often see people I don't want to see in places I don't want to see them. So I live in relatable. Tucson. I moved away from home so that I didn't have to see those people ever again. Okay, but it's always random. Like, it's not even like, oh, I just see tons of people from high school. It's like, I just see tons of people from life. And I'm like, how are you all here? <laughs> why are you all here? Oh, my God. Like, why? And then, like, so I'm like, oh, hey, what's up? And then I'm like, oh, my God, why? <laughs> So don't talk, don't look at me, don't notice me. (laughs) So now that we have discussed Once Ghosted, Twice Shy, we are going to shake up the TBR jar. Yay! And I'm going to pull one out and we will see what our next book is. Yes. Do you have any preferences while I shake? You don't want, you don't want to say I want like X, Y, and Z. No, I, I'm pretty open to uh, book choices. I have decided I want, I'm hoping that the jar allows us something maybe a little bit raunchy. Okay. Maybe some paranormal romance. Okay. Um, I love a good paranormal. So uh, let's see. I hope it's something good. Oh, God. It's going to be funny if it's the one that I picked last time. <laughs> <laughs> that we threw back in here? Yeah. <gasps> what is it's it? It's a book I've already read. Oh, Lord. Okay. And I loved it. And I can't wait for you guys to read it as well. We are going to be covering The Kiss Quotient by Helen Huang. Okay. Okay. For those of you who don't know what The Kiss Quotient is, if you've been living under a rock and you have not read it, such as Kat, um, and probably Bethany as well, The Kiss Quotient is about a neurodivergent woman, and she is being pressured by her mother to find a man and give her mother grandchildren. Oh, you told me about this. Yes. She has never had sex successfully and enjoyably. So she decides she's going to hire a male escort to help her out. And uh, it's amazing. And I loved every moment of it. I thought it was great. I had never read a romance novel where we had a neurodivergent main character. So it was really great to see that. It was awesome. Um, So yeah, we'll cut this one in half again. We'll read the first half of the Kiss Quotient, and then we will read the second half in another episode. So join us next time with the Kiss Quotient by Helen Huang. And uh, at this point, I think we're going to wrap it up. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Shoot us an email. We're still working on that blog. Let us know if you have anything you want us to read. And uh, thank you so much. And in the meantime, feel free to join us as a bad bitch reading romance. Hell yes. So many bad bitches, so many romances. I think that's it. All right. Bye. Bye.